Hey, welcome everybody to uh, the Legal Tech Week show for May 12th, 2023. This is Legal Tech Week. This is a show where we talk about the top stories in legal tech and innovation that happened this week. And uh, I'm Bob Ambrogi. I have a legal tech blog called Law Sites and a legal tech podcast called Law Next. And we've got a little bit of a light panel this week, but uh, that's okay because we've got stuff to talk about. Uh, so let's uh, introduce everybody. Victor, you want to kick it off? Sure. Hi, everyone. My name is Victor Lee. I am Assistant Managing Editor for the ABA Journal. Um, you know, happy to be here. We're happy to have you here. And Stephanie? I'm Stephanie Wilkins, Editor-in-Chief of Legal Tech News at LTN. And there keeps being like a leaf blower or something going off and on. So if I'll try to mute myself. But if it's weird, I don't know what's going on out there. <laughs> Oh, no problem. I just got I just got off a podcast where it was like a, a constant uh, trying to cancel outside noises for the entire recording period. But that happens. And last but not least, Steve Embry. Hey, Steve Embry. I write the blog Tech Law Crossroads. Like Victor, I'm happy to be here. And we have now arrived at the time of the year, at least in my neighborhood, where you cannot go 10 minutes without a power more blaring or a blower blaring someplace. So there could be, I could also be subject to disruptive noises. <laughs> no problem. Uh, all right. Well, um, this is the uh, uh, welcome to the world, Joe's new kid edition of, of the show. Joe Patrice is not with us because he just had a baby yesterday. Uh, and uh, we just got a little sneak preview of the baby in before uh, in our little green room before we started the recording, but the baby wasn't quite ready to go prime time yet. I uh, hadn't fully formed uh, her opinions about uh, GPT, I guess. So we're going to have to have her on another edition. Um, but, uh, you know, I this uh, what, probably the. Uh, we're, what we're all seeing this week, I don't know, Victor, you might not be seeing this as, as much, uh, I don't know if you're as much uh, uh, getting some of this stuff, but it clock starts Monday, the uh, Corporate Legal Operations Consortium, uh, what do they call it, conference, no, they don't call it a conference, whatever they call it, uh, in, uh, in, uh, at the Bellagio in Vegas. And uh, there's been a flurry of, of pre-clock news coming down this week. And it, it's, to me, it's actually kind of interesting because I, I have felt uh, lately that this kind of the pre-show news for like ABA Tech Show and Legal Week has, has not had the, the, the flow it's had in past years, but uh, it's really picked up for clock this year compared to past years. Lots of matter management stuff, lots of uh, uh, contract related stuff, um, as, as you might expect for a legal operations conference. But uh, I mean, is anybody else feeling that just this uh, kind of overwhelming quantity of stuff? It's it's out of control. I mean, I feel like it is busier than the legal week announcements were. And I, I literally I'll go I'll get up and go get a cup of coffee and come back to seven new emails. And I'm like, what is happening? I mean, I guess it's better. They're trying to get it in advance, which I appreciate with the embargoes, but yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, but you you actually have a staff who can help you write these things. <laughs> it's like I, I'm like looking at this. I'm like, I was like I was actually like sitting here making a list of like things that are being announced next week and trying to think to myself, okay, which ones am I going to have actually time to write about? Because yeah, there's only so many days, and it just happens to be Mother's Day this weekend and uh, some other stuff are going you, on. Are so you I'm going to be spending my weekend? Huh? Are you, are you going? I can't. I'm not going to clock. No, I've okay. been on the fence for a long time. When I finally came off the fence, it was uh, uh, the airfares are just so crazy. I just could, yeah, couldn't justify so, it. It was going to cost me know. over a thousand bucks to fly. And Ooh, yeah, well, I'm Vegas going. Expensive. No. I am not going. And the reason I'm not going is I was telling somebody today it's uh, the law, ABA Law Practice Division Spring Business Meeting starts on Tuesday, so that would be kind of problematic. And as chair of the LP division, I really don't want to be absent for our spring meeting and have somebody say, where's that Embry guy? Oh, he's at the Bellagio in Las Vegas and couldn't make it this week. <laughs> so I'll have to skip. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, they, yeah they, they invited me a bunch of times like early on, but then like before they got big, but then I feel like once they got big and also I think I think also I couldn't go like the, those times they invited me, everything has dropped me off the, the list. But yeah, but now I feel like they've gotten big time, they've gotten more mainstream. So now it's like, all right, 
you know, you <laughs> you lost your chance to be part of the cool part of the cool crowd. Yeah, I'm going. I'm still on my, you know, first year at the job conference circuit and sort of getting out to all of them. And next year I'll figure out which ones I go to and which ones I don't. So it's all still new to me. I'm not definitely not staying at the Bellagio because that's not journalist money sort of <laughs> lodging. Um, but yeah, it'll be, I mean, I'm also not a huge Vegas fan, but I'm excited for the conference just to see what's going on, you know, see, I mean, if the if the press we just talked about is any indication in any indication there's going to be a lot of announcements of varying degrees of import <laughs> Victor, i think you're i think i think the aba journal uh, is probably ranks as uh, important enough to be invited <laughs> they don't, i mean they actually that's actually another interesting thing is they had they had a little bit more um of a press conscious approach to the conference this year that I don't actually ever even remember being invited in the past. I reached out. I don't think they ever invited me. Um, and, but this year they did and reach out and, and uh, extend an invitation. And then they had a, a, a media briefing earlier this week, um, which they, I, I asked if I should go, if I'm not going to the conference and they said, yes, you should. And then it really was just about stuff at the conference. So I'm not sure why they, had me at the at the media briefing but but it was useful i mean they they outlined uh you know they are going to have a media room and then they kind of outlined uh, who to contact for different kinds of things and all of that so they're, they're well, definitely i've got to ask a, Bob, uh, yeah i've got to ask are, are they going to give you meals <laughs> ask stephanie ask stephanie she's I the mean, only one who's going to be there needing to be fed oh that's right <laughs> you can't find cheap food in vegas yeah, I think it was, yeah, I'm glad you, I, I actually missed the media briefing. I had another meeting at the same time and they said they're going to send a video. So thank you for filling me in on what they yeah, said. Yeah, I mean, it was, um, I think they, and they had slides. If you read the slides, mm -hmm. you don't have to watch the video. Yeah. Um, um, do you think, so, the, well, because there's been that whole division within the leadership of CLOCK, this is what I've heard, and there's going to be now that other conference. So do you think right. that has anything to do with more of like the media push? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, I mean, there's not not the first time there's been some dissension within clock, but yeah, there, the, there is that other conference that Connie Breton, who originally helped found clock is now putting on next October, uh, as if October isn't already full enough of legal tech conferences. Uh, but uh, that'll be uh, something else we can put on our agendas to not go to or go to. We'll see. No, um, I'm already tired from October. <laughs> yeah, right, October is yeah, that's gonna be crazy. Um, so of 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 uh, some of the announcements that have already been made coming uh, ahead, and you know, obviously we're we're under embargo for some of these things that are getting announced Monday and Tuesday. Um, but um, several of us were on a call this week uh, in which LexisNexis did something similar to what it did a few weeks ago, which is it announced a uh, a uh, sort of a preview launch of a new product for in-house, uh, primarily for in-house legal teams uh, that is called Lexus Connect. And it is a kind of an AI powered uh, matter management uh, platform that that works within Microsoft Teams and they had a, a press briefing this week they jointly announced it with with Microsoft um, and uh, you know some of you who uh, watch this podcast or listen to this podcast may remember a few weeks ago they launched Lexus plus AI which is their new uh, generative AI powered uh, legal research platform um, and with that launch there was kind of a uh, you know, we're, we're we're telling you about it, but it's not quite ready for prime time, and we'll let you know when it's when it's really ready to go. This this was similar. Uh, they're they're really just putting it out for a, a, a preview to test with a, a small group of um, legal departments that may be interested in doing this. Microsoft's uh, one of one of the Microsoft legal one of the departments within Microsoft's legal group is going to be testing it, and they said they were looking for another five or six. Uh, potential uh, law departments to work with in testing it, um, and you know, I, it, it, it's it's uh, my my takeaway. I'd love to hear your all takeaway. My, my takeaway was it was 
I think it's it's very interesting because again they are they are talking about incorporating uh, uh, generative AI. They're they're talking about um, trying to uh, make this all work right within Teams and Outlook. Uh, you know, in the theory, this is where lawyers work, and this is where they want stuff, and you don't want they don't want to be having to do a lot of platform switching. And I, I think there's a lot of sense to that. Um, at the same time, it's it's really hard to get a handle on what the there there is at this point and, and, and where we are in, in the development of this. What do you guys think? Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, yeah, it was kind of confusing to follow the announcements. Um, there's a lot of different moving pieces and understanding how they fit together. And also because, you know, as you said, this is sort of a preview. Um, I was, when they said, you know, they're looking for to sign up more people at clock when they said five to six, I was kind of shocked at that, that low number. I thought it was gonna be like five to 600. I mean, maybe not hundred, but you know, it's like, yeah, it's a very, very limited preview of it. So I'm curious. Yeah. I, I had the same reaction as both of you did, although, you know, I, in in reflecting on it, I, I guess the the problem that they have identified that that these tools might help solve, particularly for in-house counsel, and that is having a lot of repetitive kind of questions that are relatively easy to answer, but take time away from more substantive tasks to do. Um, and if you can create an automated tool to do some of that kind of stuff, I guess it would be a Know, ease the burden on, on in-house counsel. I think there was another survey that came out here recently about in-house counsel and the demands that are being placed upon them and the lack of resources and you know, they're expected to do more and more and more and more and yet they don't have the tools and the bodies to do it to keep up with the work that they have plus the increased demand that appears to be um, happening. So, you know, I kind of walk away thinking, well, their, their heart's in the right place, but I'm not exactly sure what this product will do yet. <laughs> yeah. And I did think, I mean, I feel like there have been fewer products, at least fully pitching themselves at in-house counsel. So I think that's a, I mean, that's a good tech for them because I mean, contracts, obviously things like that, but more broadly as here's a tool designed for in-house counsel is, I mean, I hope we see more of that going forward. So I'm, I'm curious to see how it pans out and what we see in the future. And like you said, I mean, addressing those problems is important. Yeah. Well, and it, you know, it could have a, you know, sort of a, another indirect impact and, you know, that as if in-house counsel begin to use more and more tools like this and become used to them and like them, they probably will insist more and more that their outside lawyers use similar kind of tools to be more efficient. So you know, who, who knows? It could all begin to change what's going on in legal, although I remain skeptical that that'll ever happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought it's been interesting. We've been noticing this for a little bit that, you know, with a lot of legal tech, it's the, the clients are pushing the law firms to adopt it, right? right. But with yeah. this, I feel like with, with AI stuff, we're hearing more from law firms and not as much from in-house of how they're using it or what if they're using it or if they're afraid of it. So I'm actually curious on that aspect to see what comes out of clock to get more of a read on where in-house and legal ops stands on their adoption of it. Hmm. Yeah. I had a question because I wasn't I just wasn't able to make it, but um so I assume that they're using the Microsoft thing. Um is that is that is that the is that the is that the main is that is that is that the chat uh uh whatever um, model that they're using for, for, for this, or do they have to develop a brand new one? They did not say. Do not say. And somehow no, I forgot to ask. Yeah. Well, that, I, mean... I, I mean, I mean, it would make sense, right? And, and, and if that's good, it's good for Microsoft because they're getting, you know, I mean, any, any little, any little thing that allows them to kind of, you know, cause I mean, now you have somebody, I mean, you have, you have people, you know, all these, all these other, other companies starting, you know, launching their, Launching their, you know, launching their versions of, of of GPT or whatnot. I mean, it's good for Microsoft that they can kind of, you know, differentiate themselves from the pack and get like more. I mean, I, I mean, so many so many lawyers and professionals use Lexus. So I mean, if they can get their their uh, their engine in there, then you know, good for them. Yeah, I thought I assumed it would be the same answer and the same AI models they're using for the Lexus um, 
AI or Lexus plus AI. Um, so I thought about asking Bob, but I'm like, I, it just felt like in the conversation, I wasn't going to get an answer to that. So I just sort of let that go. <laughs> Yeah, I think your think your think your assumption is correct on that. <laughs> I, I can read a room sometimes, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I mean, I think the the, the idea of particularly the uh, well, I think it's I think it's an inter I, I think the idea of it is really good. And I, I what I was more confused about during the presentation was which parts are are real now, which parts are things we would like to have in here at some point. I mean, there was a reference at some point to the. Outlook uh, version of it or an integration with Outlook and and the guys, you know, the, the presenter who I think is actually in the audience today uh, said, uh, um, you know, let me show you Outlook and he went and showed Outlook and then switched right back without showing anything. So I assume that means here's what Outlook looks like, but the integration isn't there yet. Um, I might have missed something there, but, the, you know, I, I uh, happened to be to be married to somebody who worked in a, in a corporate legal department for, for many, many years. Uh, and, and I know that this problem of, of sort of managing and triaging these intake uh, requests, uh, you know, uh, that, that come in from sales and procurement and, and wherever else within a company can, can just be daunting. And, and there hasn't haven't been a lot of good systems for doing it. So I think the idea of being able to use AI to do to be able to do that is is a good one. Um, I don't think this is even necessarily the 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 first one to do that. I know I I wrote not long ago about Joseph Q, uh, which is this mm -hmm. sounds kind of similar in the sense that it it you a company can sort of take all of its policies around compliance and HR and whatever, uh, and and then set up this interface where employees can ask questions, you know, in, in, through a chat interface ask questions like can I do this under our HR policy and it will answer it uh, you know using AI but uh, then then this takes it really the, the Lexus product takes it even then even beyond that into also becoming an AI uh, a, a chat tool for for lawyers to be asking questions and and, and even doing legal research um, <laughs> so it it it's like a Swiss Army knife of uh, in-house uh, 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 chat interface, I think, in terms of offering a lot of options. So uh, I think it could potentially be a cool product. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I was just sitting here sort of chuckling to myself, thinking, you know, here we are, all of us are sitting here going, us. it's really weird that LexisNexis comes out with this announcement for features and, and benefits that aren't there yet. And, well, that's kind of strange. And I wondered how they do that. But then it, it suddenly occurred to me, like the rest of the tech world, they do that all the time, right? I mean, you know, the, the Apple will come out and at their deve worldwide development conference with a whole bunch of stuff, but oh, yeah. it won't quite be ready yet. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of, you know, we, we have these sort of sometimes different expectations for, for tech and legal, but I mean, you know, a lot of those guys, that's what they do. They promise and maybe it happens and maybe it doesn't. <laughs> And yeah. to be fair, they're certainly not the only legal tech company saying we're going to do this. I mean, especially I feel like a lot of these embargoes and things we're getting free clock are, I mean, they want the name out there for clock because it's an audience right. and night all of it might not be, you know, ready for prime time yet, but everyone wants to get the news out there. So they're certainly not, you know, unique right. in that. Yeah. Uh, but again, it's funny how they're coming frequently. Like, I, I mean, also yesterday that I wrote about the Lexus thing yesterday. I also yesterday wrote about this thing from Tonkin, uh, their new legal works, which is again, a matter management, AI driven matter management for corporate legal. Uh, and again, it has what they call the AI front door, which is, you know, employees can uh, chat questions, basically, they can send it by email and get into Slack or Teams. Uh, and, you know, chat something like I need an NDA or uh, I have a question about a policy and this will help them attempt to resolve it without them necessarily having to go through the, the legal department to do it. Um, and then it, it goes beyond their product goes beyond that to also uh, using uh, GPT to help the legal teams when they actually do have to act on a request to uh, uh, you know, to generate the NDA or, or whatever it may be using AI. So it's just the, suddenly this flood of products. And I think, as you say, they, other industries do this, but 
uh, I think what what ends up happening, first of all, everybody's just trying to be first to, you know, first to kind of hop on the bandwagon of, of uh, generative AI. And second of all, everybody just wants something to talk about next week at clock. I mean, that's part of what's driving all this, obviously. That was the point of what we said originally. Uh, and you kind of think people maybe are rushing some of their announcements out there uh, because they want to have it to talk about at clock. And there's just more than we can even cover because I mean you, the one you just mentioned I mean we we didn't cover but we covered you know there was an Isertis one and a Luminous one this week too and it's just a lot it's just a lot of yeah. AI coming through especially in the contract space and I mean like as we said that's not a coincidence with clock coming up but yeah I think it must it must be getting incredibly confusing for uh I mean, it's confusing for us as trying to write about this stuff and cover this stuff. Imagine if you are working in a legal department and you're actually interested in possibly being a consumer of some of this stuff. Uh, it's going to be incredibly time consuming and difficult to go through the different products that are coming out mm -hmm. on the market and compare them and figure out which one works and which one doesn't uh, and make sense of it all. And I'm sure that's driving the announcements, too, because, you know, whatever your provider is currently, I'm sure you're asking them, do you have AI? You know, you like, and so everyone is finding, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to come to a point where if you don't, people are going to be like, what's wrong with you? So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what else is going on this week? <laughs> uh, so much. Victor, uh, <laughs> Since you've been, uh, you were were not so much involved in, in that stuff. What 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 interested you this week? What are you watching? Okay, so um, yeah, I I picked this. Uh, there's a story. Well, I, I mean, it was widely reported, but uh, the link I have specifically from Business Insider. I'll post it in this uh, chat here. Hold on. Yeah, basically, um, you know, uh, the uh, the looks like the um, European Parliament has a. Uh, Voted, voted in favor, overwhelmingly in favor of adopting the first AI Act, a proposed law that aims to protect people from the risks of AI. And, and it's interesting, they kind of classify, they kind of, the proposed law would classify AI in three different categories. There's, um, you know, the most extreme category is uh, AI systems that cause unacceptable risk um, I'm, 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 and, and they would be banned. Uh, and then like, there's like moderate risk, which is, you know, it would be subject to some, some regulation and whatnot. And the third would be like you know not not too risky, and that wouldn't be, um, you know that would not be that would be largely uh, left alone. And so obviously the the devil's in the details, and like I mean um, you know how they define you know risky and, and whatnot. I think I think one thing that is this is really in the story is that um, you know like things that um, you know promote disinformation or or like promote like any kind of social scoring. Or any kind of that that those would be classified as like high risk and they would probably be uh, banned or or, or heavily relegated regulated. So I thought that was interesting that they that they did that. And obviously, it also shows that you know, like for a lot of things tech wise, like the, the the EU is kind of the ones leading the way as far as like developing legal legal and political frameworks for you know regulation and whatnot. Because also the story, I don't I don't know if this is intentional, but you know, in the story they they kind of talked about oh well. In the U.S., the White House met with some uh, big tech CEOs to discuss AI, and that was about it. I'm like, I don't know. That was sort of like, uh, well, EU is doing this, all of this stuff, and then in the White House, are just talking with some CEOs about it, and that's it. Yeah. So, well, yeah. <laughs> Sam Altman, CEO of uh, OpenAI, is testifying before Congress next Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I I agree. Like we're it's always it's always the EU doing stuff and then we think about it for a while and then maybe do something and maybe not. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're GDPR. To, I'm sure it'll be like that going forward with this. Yeah. We're, we're too busy trying to figure out how not to default on our debt in a month or so. <laughs> who's got time for, who's got time for this tech BS, you know? <laughs> yeah. Or, 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 you know, or whether or not we should, you know, we should ban TikTok. Like that, 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 that that's, that's the, those are the important <laughs> things that we're talking about. Right. Yeah. The how, how did I, I don't I didn't see it in the story. Maybe I missed it. Um, but how do you, how, how do you determine which 
AI is more risky or less risky? Is 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 it in how in, in what the purpose is that it's being used for, or is it in something about the nature of, of the algorithm itself? Uh, so, how, do, you know, how do they make that classification? Well, yeah. So what they say is that AI systems are an unacceptable level of risk to people's safety. So including systems that deploy subliminal or purposefully manipulative techniques, exploit people's vulnerabilities or being used for social scoring, um, classifying people based on social behavior, socioeconomic status and personal characteristics. Um, so, and, and, and they also, they also amended to include like real-time biometric identification, identification systems, um, geolocation for bio, biometric predictive policing systems, emotion recognition systems and law, and law enforcement. So it seems like it's pretty, it's pretty like you know um comprehensive as far as like you know these are the things that they're afraid of and these are the things that they don't want and these are the things that they're probably gonna you know um crack down on so i mean it's 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 you know it's it, it seems like it's pretty it's it's pretty like comprehensive as far as like what they what they'd be looking for but i mean obviously you know i mean there could be other things as well that that they're just not seeing at this point but that but yeah i mean I, as far as like as far as like what they're what what they're concerned about and what they're what they're worried about is simply that's sort of like what what a lot of people are worried about. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a combination of what data they're targeting and then what they do with it too. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I was thinking about that in the legal context because I was thinking about uh, you know everybody's talking about the potential risk of using AI in legal, and needless to say, the the risk probably isn't very high if you're using it to generate an NDA or something like that. I mean, uh, you know, even, I mean, number one, it's probably going to be reviewed by a lawyer or somebody before it goes out anyway. Number two, uh, if it's not, and the NDA uh, turns out to be um, uh, fallible in some way, well, who really cares? I mean, that, that it's not like lives are going to be changed because of that in any big way. But if you're using AI to, you know, perhaps begin to deliver legal help to low income consumers uh, or or provide answers to legal questions directly to people, then obviously the risk starts to be higher and the consequences start to be higher. I wonder if somehow that starts to come into play in the legal world at some point, some kind of a risk based analysis of, of, of AI, or maybe it's already happening, I guess, but in some more formal way. It's an interesting yeah. idea. Well, I remember I, talk, I talked to someone um... In, in, in like the, I mean, obviously for, it's different. I mean, it'll, it'll obviously, there'll be more scrutiny in like the, in like the law enforcement fields and whatnot. But I mean, I was talking to one person in the, in the field, like one of the predictive policing folks, and they were talking about how like, they got approached by uh, a prosecutor's office who wanted to link, who, who wanted, who wanted to like, basically like they're based on like, based on like analysis they did on like their cases. They found that people who had like re just recently lost their jobs we're making, you know, between a certain level as far as like, you know, like, like I, I don't remember what the salary range was, you know, pick, pick, pick your numbers. Um, then, and, and, and so they lost their job. They were making a certain, between a certain, a certain amount of money and they like owed like a certain amount, like, and, and they had like a certain credit score, like, so to kind of, kind of like, like to, that's kind of um, show like what their, what their wealth was like, I guess. That they were more susceptible to domestic disturbances and whatnot because there'd be more stress in the house, there'd be more, you know, um, e economic problems and whatnot. So they wanted to like kind of use that to, to then be able to identify people that they could then like either keep an eye on or go try to like get get get, get them to get preemptive counseling. And, and and these guys, to their credit, were like, okay, that's a little too much. We're not gonna we're not gonna put that together for you. And frankly, we don't have all that information anyway. But but yeah, just like you could do all all kinds of things with like. With, with 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 you know the data and you know, if you want to like you know if you, if you see certain patterns you could like you know you could create your own fact pattern like okay at people who drive a certain car uh who have recently got into an accident and did this and this had this much insurance pay had to, had to pay this much insurance and blah blah or 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 or, or, or been sued recently for this you know then you can you can you can extrapolate all kinds of all kinds of data and, and, and who knows where it can go have you been hearing any murmurings within the uh, aba um, of of any moves toward trying to develop standards or or regulations or anything else around the use of AI. I mean, there was a movement. Um, I don't know what the current status of, but there was a movement like, like this is this is before like the GPT stuff. This was back when um, this was a couple of years ago. Back when I think 
what was what was the big rage back a couple years ago? Um, it's kind of hard. <laughs> they all, everything kind of blends together now. But there, was, there was, some, life, was there life before yeah, GPT? Right? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there was something that like people were like really really freaked out about. Um, um, uh, um, I, 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 I don't remember. Yeah, how might, far might, back do you want to go, Avo? Yeah, it might have been the club, but I, I don't remember. This, but this is a couple years ago, and like they were talking then about um, creating working groups to um, to develop uh, to develop ethical guidelines and whatnot. Um, but I don't I don't know whatever uh, happened to that. Um, I, you know, I, I think there was actually a resolution that the Board of Governors with the House of Delegates or both passed. Um, about AI before chat GPT, but it was, it was one of those resolutions that like, you know, use of AI should be fair kind of thing. Right. Let's all play nice with it kind of thing. So I don't, I don't know that it, it did much of anything uh, other than, you know, at least somebody was thinking about it. Yeah. That might have been also in re reaction to like racial profiling ish stuff mm -hmm. that was yeah. coming out of, and and uh, and whatnot. Um, Actually, no, I think it was more like a cybersecurity thing. Now, now that I think about it, I think it was like just like it was more AI and like related to cybersecurity and whatnot. Um, that was that was sort of the impetus for because they were worried about obviously you know lawyers not being ready for you know not so not securing the data and that kind of stuff. But but yeah, I mean there, that was like more. Um, this was back when it was more like about like that kind of stuff as opposed to what it is now. Yeah. Well, one risk of AI is that it will accuse you of uh, sexual harassment. <laughs> Stephanie, you guys got a story about that this week. <laughs> yes, or bribery. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was trying to find a story that was not pre-clock news, you know, so um, yeah, no, it was interesting. There's been a couple, there was an Australian mayor that, you know, ChatGPT, one of the hallucinations was basically saying he was involved in bribery. It was a particularly, not just a crime, but one that is particularly relevant to, you know, public officials. And then there was also, I think it was a law school administrator, um, accused, falsely accused of sexual harassment. So the issue has come up of, can you bring defamation cases against chat GPT or in, if obviously not, but who would it be then? And can anyone be liable for that? And it's all new. It's just, um, there's not really an answer yet, but it's just, I think it's just more significant because it's the tip of the iceberg of, of various kinds of lawsuits we're going to see coming out of all of this generative AI. I mean, it started with um, intellectual property, which makes sense, but I think it's just going to open up a lot of it's a big can of worms and i think the regulation will play into it that way too but i mean these tools are out there you can't stop them and i, I don't know it's just going to be a bigger question of i mean we already have a problem with people not fact checking things so if this is just adding to it and making it worse i i mean i don't know where it goes i don't think anyone i don't think these lawsuits are necessarily going to succeed but i think we'll see more of them yeah, yeah. Well, there was there some, was the uh, some... American law school professor. Who was it? Who, the law school professor who was uh, a chat GPT or something accused him of uh, of sexual harassment a while ago. Uh, and yeah, he did not sue. But uh, anyway, Steve, I cut you off. Sorry. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, I think I think there could be some very interesting insurance coverage issues that that flow out of all of this, too. One guy raised to me commented to one of my articles that Know that if if a lawyer were to use ChatGPT for for legal matters and was wrong, um, would his malpractice carrier cover him or her? Given the fact that the the technical specifications for ChatGPT specifically say it should not be used for legal advice, and you know, that's a pretty interesting question. But I think we'll see a lot of that kind of stuff. I agree with you, Stephanie. Well, there was already that one morning. Is it is it alas alas? I never know how to pronounce it. That they they sent out the blast to law firms, basically warning them to not use ChatGPT. So I mean that that's sort of a a signal right there of where things might go. So something I I I didn't I don't think I saw it in Cassandra's story, and and in, I think she linked to a, I think it was a Reuters story that also uh, was was what the actual circumstances were about how how chat jpt came to generate this i mean did was 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 it this this mayor uh, himself who who was uh you know uh who who had queried 
ChatGPT and got this response back, or was this published in some way or used in some way? It, none of the articles seem to say what actually was did this appear in some some newspaper or magazine or website or something. I, I, I couldn't figure that out. Yeah, I think I mean I remember my impression being that it was somehow made public, but yeah, the articles are not really clear on it. And I think it was something like he had actually been involved in something in like involving a bribery thing, but he was on the good side of it and like right, reporting right. somebody for bribery or something like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, I mean, the underlying details are not all that clear. Right. Because I mean, that would be more relevant under US law. I mean, Australia has, you know, criminal defamation uh, where we don't have that in the United States. Right. And, uh, uh, you know, you, you would have to be able to show that this was, in fact, published and and, and uh, shared with others and that it, in fact, had some impact uh, on, on your reputation. Um, uh, so, you know, it's probably a, a tougher standard to meet to ever show defamation in, in under U.S. law. Um, but I think the potential is, I mean, you know, sooner or later, there's going to be that lawsuit and, and uh, it's going to happen. Uh, but it, probably the more risky area is is when people actually are using ChatGPT to generate blog posts and news stories or whatever. I was I was complaining this morning because I saw this new tool out there to help people, you know, use generative AI to draft uh, Instagram posts. And like, how how hard is it to draft a freaking Instagram post that you need a generative AI to do it? Um, you know what's happened to our brain yeah, all those hashtags can be so annoying to do i mean like <laughs> I honestly if 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 i can like figure out a way to like get around that and like and and, and i would i would actually i would actually use gpd for that just because it's so annoying yeah i mean it's going to take you how much longer is it going to take you to generate a prompt? Go to GPT, get get the get the have GPT generate something, and then go back and copy and paste it into uh, into Instagram. I don't know. Anyway, that's a whole other that's a whole other. Hey, you got to work to be lazy. Oh. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> it takes work. Eventually, be it'll be automatic, right? Like AI will just run your. They will just yeah. run your social media for you, right? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that that may lead into the story that I had cited, and that was the the Google Keynote <laughs> for their uh, I/O twenty twenty three developer conference, um, which I can talk about now if you want me to, Bob. Or... I love it when you do the transitioning for me. <laughs> well, the reason I the reason I, I kind of thought about it was when you were talking about you know how it's going to take so much time to do this and this and this to get the response and that. When you look at some of the things that Google is proposing doing, that would perhaps address that very issue, uh, as Google was able to do in the past. But so the keynote uh, was all about uh, AI, large language models, and um, if there's any question about what Google was going to do with it, it doesn't seem to be one now. They. Um, but one of the things that they want to do is make their search feature much more conversational, just like chat GPT. Uh, and, you know, that to me, that had a lot of a lot of serious sort of uh, implications because, you know, there's a lot of lawyers that have absolutely no idea what chat GPT is or what it does, but they all use Google search. Right. And so if, if they're now going to have the ability to have those kind of conversational um, uh, interactions with a, a large language model and the only one that they ever think about is Google, then then Google may own the space, A, and B, um, it may make lawyers much more and legal professionals much more willing to use these kind of models. Um, but you know, it's, it's like a lot of things. It's got a long way to go. But and I, the other thing I thought about is, as the as the as they were talking about it is like so. You're if you ask uh, the the Google is it Bard? I think it's Bard. A question and is it going to give you an answer with you know free sponsored you know links in it to to people that buy advertising on Google or is it going to give you like a neutral? Uh, a neutral thing. The other two things that they talked about that I thought was interesting was um, it was help me write, um, which is a feature that will help you write emails or documents. And and the example that they gave was 
you know, suppose that your flight has been canceled and you you don't like what what the airlines offered you and you want to complain and so it typed out a little nice little response and then you know the the guest said well what if you want to make it more likely that you'll get a response and it typed out this much more detailed kind of response but I was thinking as it as it was doing that you know how much all of us spend sort of answering and dealing with routine emails that that it's something like this could do for us would make it um, make it much easier and faster. And the final thing that I thought was was really interesting was their was their photo editor. And you know some of these tools may already exist, I know, but but I mean they were doing some really interesting things with removing objects from photos, which has been around for a while, but actually taking a photo and so the picture is of Stephanie is in the photograph. You can outline Stephanie and then move her to the left or move her to the right or move her up or move her down and alter the picture, which when you think about it, that could be a kind of a dangerous proposition when you talk about photographic evidence and whether it's true or not true. But thank you for that, not just deleting me. <laughs> thank yeah, you for removing me the, and not just deleting me. <laughs> the thing that was really interesting, though, is after they did that, um, they, they talked about responsible AI use and they talked about formulating a procedure where there will they can install watermarks on on images that were manufactured completely by AI and and including metadata that would demonstrate whether a photo has been altered using one of these tools, which I thought that that's got a lot of possibilities, uh, you know, to assist with with judges and and um, whether to allow evidence in or not allow evidence in. So I thought that was, it was kind of positive, but you know, all in all, it was, um, it, it was a nicely done presentation. They didn't screw anything up like they did last time when something yeah. didn't work. And yeah. in fact, you know, one of the presenters was up there doing something and sort of said as an aside is, boy, it's really nice when this works like it's supposed to. <laughs> but right. uh, but it was a nice, uh, it was a nice keynote. And, you know, that, that looks like they're headed down the LLM AI road, just like everybody else. Yeah, I feel like you'll appreciate this. Somebody on Twitter spliced together every time he said AI in his speech. So it was just like AI, AI, AI. Yeah. And my team sent it to me and they were like, this is your job at ALM. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like two all day is talk to people about AI. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, thanks. <laughs> was this the same? Did, is this where he talked about uh, incorporating more direct answers into Google search. I remember yeah. reading about that earlier this week and this idea that instead of deliver search results or maybe in addition, I mean, they're gonna just start giving you the answer. Uh, yeah. And that's exactly uh, right, yep. I, I, I thought that was something that struck me again as potentially having implications in, in the legal world because suddenly people who are, you know, again, people who not who self-represented litigants or pro se people who have a legal problem uh, are going to go to Google and they're going to type in their question, uh, and maybe Google's going to give them an answer, uh, and mm -hmm. uh, then maybe they're not going to go to some of the uh, portal sites that have been set up by legal services organizations or or other kinds of uh, sites that have been created to help pro se litigants um, and uh, you know it, it could it could end up making Google a central resource for legal information as in well, any and, other field not just legal but uh, then at, at what point like are they a, giving legal advice then and that's yeah. I also just don't well, like that because a lot of times you Google something and the multiple the multiple results like give you a resource you didn't even think of or a new way to think about something like I want to be able to get right. you know the different and I, like I say, I, I wonder about the, you know, Google's the way Google makes money is with advertising, right? So, you know, if, if you type in a, a legal question, you get this nice little response. And at the end of it, for more information, contact Morgan and Morgan, who's, you know, not that they did. I don't know if they did or not, not ad space, but, you know, some entity that buys ad space on Google. And that's your link that you would be sent to. It's, it's uh, <laughs> makes me, you know, it makes me a little nervous if if, if that's the road that they're going to go down. Well, I mean, I, I I assume if you if you if you're like a law firm and you produce this content and whatnot, then I mean, you probably, especially if you're if you're if you're serious about it, then I mean, you probably know how to how to 
how to do the Google's SEO uh, and, and all that stuff to make sure that your 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 stuff appears first. You probably pay for the uh, you know you know you, you probably pay for the boost, and you also know how to like you know you know do your you know like yeah like 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 um, um, you know do do all the stuff that you have to do in order to make it come make it come make it come up first, and then so then it's, yeah, it's, but so it's, it's it's a good way it's a good way for them to kind of get get their content out there and get and get known and whatnot. But then yeah, if if, if if you're if you're relying on that information, then what happens if if there's anything wrong with it, or if it's you know it's boosted but it's not accurate? So yeah, I mean it, it definitely it definitely kind of raises a lot of questions. But but yeah, you know I mean ultimately with Google, it's kind of like this is their wheelhouse, right? I mean ultimately they're they're all about they're all about um, Max. I, I mean I thought, was, I thought it was funny how just just looking through looking through the thing just right now is like they they only have like one one or two lines about 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 uh, about Bard. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Maybe they're already kind of maybe not talking about that so much. But, um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely an interesting sort of like what you know. They're, I mean, these products that that they're, that they're introducing. I mean, I think I think my wife would like the um, would like the picture thing because in our in our wedding photos we have some pictures with some couples that have since gotten divorced. So we have to kind of <laughs> figure out how we're gonna. <laughs> It'd be nice to display some of those pictures again. So. <laughs> amazing yeah well yeah you know and it's, of course it's if if they make it a more conversational tool google search uh, i'm not sure how it's going to work so you you ask it a question and it gives you like a chat gpt kind of answer there's not a space in there for a listing you know five six seven ten twenty you know websites to to go to maybe or maybe that's what they plan on doing but in any event, I mean, as people, if they do that and people start using it, they'll begin to to understand the conversational model, search model, a lot better. Yeah, I think I, what I read was they they are going to include links to sources that they base the answer on. Um, but you know, like with everything else on Google, I mean, you know, are people going to click through to those links? Who knows? Um, yeah. And uh, part the article I was and reading you have, was. was, was and will you get the real way? I mean, like now when you run a Google search, like Stephanie said, you know, you, you get the sponsored stuff and then you get all this other stuff and you can scroll down and you might take you down a different road or give you another idea. Or is that going to still be there? It'd be interesting to see how they're going to do it. Yeah. The article I was reading was I, from the point of view, it was talking about the fact that bloggers and, and some news publications and whatever are going to be unhappy about this because uh if their fort is to write about something and explain some particular topic or issue say legal tech uh and and suddenly now google is providing the answer uh then people aren't going to bother to click through and read these blogs or these whatever these resource websites might be anymore uh and it could severely cut into their traffic so that, that's a that's an interesting issue on all of that i think um uh, all right, just uh, a, a, a footnote. I, I saw, uh, I think Mark already dropped, Mark Palmer wrote a great article. I think he just published it today on the legal ethics, the, the rise of chat GPT, ethical considerations for legal professionals. I saw he dropped a link into uh, the chat earlier about that. I urge everybody to read it because he did a really good job. I'm going to drop it the link again, just so you don't have to go. Yeah, would you, I'd, like to but, I'd like to read that. But too. Uh, he did a really good job of, of covering uh, some of the issues there. Um, you know, the other thing I forgot to mention kind of earlier on when we were talking about all the pre-clock stuff and all the uh, coming out this week was was the fact that Bloomberg Law also put out a uh, a, a new product for uh, corporate legal, uh, a, a contract, uh, sort of a CLM uh, product. And I thought that was really interesting, uh, kind of off in a new direction for Bloomberg Law. And I wondered kind of what compelled them to do that. But, uh, um, and it's another one that it sounds like it's a, li a little bit, uh, uh, you know, uh, still still in, in development. Uh, we'll see how it, how it plays out. But I thought that was interesting that they got into that area. Yeah, I remember, I remember being surprised when I read that too, but I didn't really um, go down the rabbit hole too much. But yeah, I was equally curious. So, uh, anything else? I mean, I feel like this is like a depressing one, but I feel like we're starting to see layoffs in legal tech again. In law firms. Law firms in general, yeah. 
Yeah. Law yeah. Firms. But you mean at, at companies or at law firms, Stephanie? You're talking about? Uh, com uh, companies. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, Steve Lerner, Law360 had Disco up last night, and we just published one about Everlaw. We're just starting to hear little rumors. I'm not going to mention any other ones because we haven't substantiated anything, but I feel like we went through this in like the end of the year, the beginning of the year, and then it kind of quieted down. And I feel like there's going to be more of that coming, which is not the part of the news job I enjoy. Right. Yep. Uh, I think we've talked about it before, but it could be often very difficult to track these down too, because mm -hmm. companies ain't talking about them and uh, be hard sometimes to find when you hear things, whether it's actually happening or not. Well, the, what's, what's the art? What do they say? They're not really layoffs. We, we just kind of did our evaluation and decided that, you know, 5,000 people weren't cutting the mustard, so we got rid of them. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, it's streamlining, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, in some, it's also in some cases, it, I mean, they, they are layoffs, but they're not so much economics driven as they are uh, acquisition driven. I mean, uh, where you mm -hmm. get a company that starts acquiring a bunch of other companies and then suddenly they have redundant roles. Uh, and and uh, multiple people doing more or less the same thing or in locations that they don't want to support anymore. Uh, and, and that becomes a whole different issue. Right. And every uh, time we cover you know, a merger acquisition, we always ask if it's going to impact that. And of course, they always say no. But then oh, never. a month or two later. Never. Right. Mm -hmm. It's almost inevitable in some cases because really, is, I mean, I know the word redundancy is overused, but it literally is true in those kind of right. situations. If you merge two companies and you have the two people doing the exact same role. Yeah, no, that's true. Yep. Yeah, every time there's an acquisition and they say there's not gonna be any staff changes, they're lying to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, almost every time. Almost lying. And, and, and that the founders are never gonna leave. <laughs> that's the other one. Uh, all right, well. Really, uh, not really yeah, lying, it's just an alternative version of the facts, that's all. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or, or the CEO of one company is perfectly happy to then take a subordinate role in the new company. I might. Right. <laughs> right. Right. All right. Well, I think that's it for this week. Um, and uh, Stephanie, I don't know if you're going to be able to be on next week. I'll be looking forward to hear your thoughts on clock whenever you're next with us. Uh, yeah, I've, I have you're a red the eye. One home. sole person going. Yeah, I have, red a, eye. I have red eye home Thursday night, so I'll, I'll be on. I can't promise how awake I'll be, but I'll be on next week. Yeah, all right, good. Well, we won't notice your red eyes because your red eye, your red glasses will. Uh... <laughs> the biggest Google trick: if, if you wear glasses, <laughs> get fancy ones. No one can tell if you look exhausted on Google or I mean Zoom, not Google. With it, yeah. Good. All right. Well, uh, see everybody next week. Thanks to everybody for uh, listening. Thanks to all the panelists for being here and uh, have a good uh, Mother's Day and uh, weekend and whatever else, everybody. See ya. Well, Thanks. Bye. Bye. Have a good weekend, everyone.